Hello, and welcome to Pi Messiah Podcast. We are your hosts, Kylia, my pronouns are A, Air, and Ray, my pronouns are they, she, Ray. Today we are talking about a topic that is near and dear to our hearts, human design. Yay, I'm so glad we're talking about this today. I want to dive into like how and why this is relevant to our lives, but first let's talk about the origins of human design, like how it originated. So um, human design originated in 1987. Um, It was channeled by a man named um, Alan Krakow. No, sorry, Robert Allen Krakow. Um, And he had this, like, mystical experience. And then in 1992, um, he published a book and, like, the whole system of human design under the pseudonym name Ra-Uruhu. Okay. And what, wasn't it based on, like, the I Ching um, it was based on the Kabbalah, the I Ching, um, astrology, and the chakras. That's right. So kind of, it's an integrated system of understanding, like, how human beings operate in the world. So, Ray, how did you first hear and encounter human design? Yeah. Um, it's kind of funny. Like, I was trying to think about this and remembering, like, it was probably about a year ago. It was a random, like quiz that I saw online something about what's your design or what's you know how are you supposed to be living your life and I'm like okay let's just like check this out and I remember like feeling overwhelmed by the results and not really sure what to do with it or I was like okay cool I'm a projector that's interesting Um, that resonates whatever and I sort of like didn't look any deeper into it at that time Mm -hmm. and um, and I think that we talked about it a little bit like maybe I sent you the same quiz or was like, oh, this is fun. And then we um, we like re-encountered it later on. Yeah, for me, I, I had done, we had been studying star seeds and then I had done a quiz um, about what kind of star seed you are. And it led me to like the human design quiz. And I think roughly around the same time you would, I feel like you had sent me something like a quiz or something about it. Like you had mentioned it, like, Oh, have you heard about this? And we had like a brief conversation. I wasn't overwhelmed by it so much as I kind of was just like, this is a lot of information and it seems unnecessarily complicated. So like, okay, cool. Yeah. I think that we didn't quite um, see the importance of it or the Mm -mm. significance of it at that time. But like, as time went on, we, we started to see like, Oh, this person's a generator and this person's a projector. Like, okay, this is relevant because this is how they're behaving. And, you know, it also became relevant when we started doing, we were doing astrology, astro, astrological readings for people and starseed readings for people. And we started thinking like, how can we, what if we could incorporate human design into these? And then you started doing the readings more in depth with people. Well, so yeah, it, but it, it wasn't like as straightforward as that. Cause like in 2018, we kind of really sort of rediscovered it Mm -hmm. and sort of like actually dug in deeper uh, to an extent more so just in understanding specifically what things like the strategy and authority meant for our lives and kind of like 
what it meant to just be a projector and what it meant to be like a generator and such. And then it kind of got put on the back burner. And then in 2020, we cycled back around to it and really um, worked with it off and on sort of like got a little bit deeper that's when we started trying to like incorporate it with things it was kind of like oh we're doing an astrology reading these are your big three in terms of astrology and this is what you need to know about your human design because they kind of play off each other yeah and then in the last six months six or eight months or so we have been fully like really like delving in so like I started doing the reports like really doing readings for it and like making serious changes and I know you have too to live according to our authority and our strategy and those things yeah it's really interesting because I feel like my approach to learning things goes it kind of progresses from like you know talking about it with people or like hearing about it and then like maybe reading some articles online about it and then when I become serious about something it's like you can go to my YouTube history and it's like I watch like you know two hours worth of this thing and when we started watching the YouTube videos that was a lot more recently um in the last like six to eight months like you were saying where like we really were studying it talking about it all the time comparing our charts like I have a whole collection of like all my friends what their (laughs) human design is and like looking at it and seeing how it plays out um it's very complicated and there is a lot more for us to learn but like we have a a basic a really solid basic understanding of human design um and yeah it's enough to where we're able to apply it to our lives and like change things and and make shifts so let's talk about what human design actually is so there's this really beautiful quote about human design that says it's a map of our souls contract with the universe it's a tool for getting rid of all the habits and beliefs we've picked up over the years that aren't actually aligned with who we are at our core so that we can realign with our highest self yes that's beautiful i love the emphasis in human design on the the true self or the higher self or the inner self um you know we started working a lot talking a lot about ego around the same time I think this kind Mm -hmm. of went in conjunction like we were like okay if we're not our body and we're not our ego and we're not our thoughts what are we and like we started talking about that and I think human design gives us a really good understanding of like who are we like what are what are we in the world um, Mm -hmm. as humans and in as individuals because if there's no there's a sort of weird like spiritual idea that like somehow we're all just one underneath everything which Mm -hmm. on a certain level could be true in the sense of like interconnectedness and interdependence like the way that all the trees have like one root system underneath but that doesn't mean that all the trees are one it just means that they're connected in one system you know well and I think this idea of like everything being one like on a soul level right like on a purely source energetic level we all come from the same place we are all one but that was not the point of us being here and like being split apart the the point was for everyone to have a sort of a level of uniqueness to learn all these different lessons and aspects and sides and things of ourselves and of source right like this is how source is figuring out all the different sides and aspects of source so if source just wanted everything to be one then it would have kept everything one yeah 
and and we're all like unique individuals but the mm-hmm. question is what how and what makes mm-hmm. us unique and what are we supposed to be doing with that uniqueness and that's where i think human design really helps us um because like the way that i kind of i think the moment that i had like a like mind-blowing moment where i was like oh my gosh human design is really the answer to a lot of problems is because I used to be and I still kind of am a little bit because I have this Virgo moon um very rational and analytical about things so like my decisions kind of went through my brain and my mind like thinking through okay let's make a pro and con list and like let's decide what's the thing to do and even when I would make intuitive decisions, once I started like listening to my intuition more because of my spiritual practice, even when I did that, I had to go back and like rationalize it. Oh, in hindsight, I totally see why that was, why that made sense um, from my rational mind. But human design is all about um, not following your mind. Like their basic premise is your mind is not supposed to be in charge of you. You are not uh-uh. supposed to be not listening. Reliable. No, like you're not supposed to be listening to your brain. Your brain has been programmed by society. And I think Bruce Lipton has a bunch of studies about like how most of our like 95 or 96% of our actions are subconscious. Uh-huh. So like most of us are just living according to this programming, which is in our brains. And I guess partly in our bodies too. But like, and if we were to go more into human design in the different centers, but like it's basically this idea that like we make our decisions out of a different authority based on uh-huh. our human design and your uh-huh. human design will tell you like what how do you know what the right decision is for you and it's going to have nothing to do with other people's opinions or your brain or what's rational or logical it's just like your own unique inner authority uh-huh yeah so what are the five human design types so first we have generators they make up 30 percent of the population generators have a lot of energy from their sacral or creative chakra they are here to build and create things out of a response to what is needed or asked for so what that means specifically is like a generator has like this very large reserve of energy and so like if they get a good you know seven eight hours of sleep they can wake up the next day and be like ready to go like not worn out not tired so they're the ones that are great for you know caring for children for doing the working of nine to five like intense jobs labor those type of things but they're not supposed to initiate what they're supposed to do is go oh that child needs to be cared for i'm going to respond to that child's needs so Mm -hmm. they respond then we have manifesting generators. So they make up 30, 33% of the population. What makes them special is they can initiate and they can also respond to the needs and requests of others. And again, they also still have that like massive energy reserve to be able to go, 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 do, do, do. Mm-hmm. The difference is they are not, they don't have to walk into a situation and wait and be like, okay, I'm responding. They can be like, oh, I see. I'm going to decide to initiate this thing. Then you have projectors. They make up tw- they make up twenty percent of the population. The job of a projector is to guide others towards what's possible, to help them see what can be achieved, what can be done, to help them find their own personal truth. 
generators, I mean, projectors do this by being invited, though. So a projector has to be recognized. They ha- Someone has to see them and be like, oh, I see the worth and value you bring. And I'm going to ask you to come in and help me do this thing. If a projector tries to respond, it won't go successfully. And if they try to initiate, it goes even less successfully. Yeah. Then you have manifestors. They make up 9% of the population. They initiate new things, bring in new ways of doing things. They can create something out of nothing. So they don't have to wait. They don't have to respond. They don't have to wait to respond and they don't have to be invited. They literally just have all this potential with inside of them. And their whole job is to be like, I'm going to innovate something. So like, I would guess somebody like Elon Musk is probably a manifester because he's, you know, out there being like, I'm going to create this. I'm a, and it, it's massively successful because that's what he's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Finally, we have reflectors. They make up 1% of the population. And Lord, I pity those who are those because I would never. <laughs> reflectors mirror back to their communities and play an important role in terms of self-awareness. So basically, they're like a mirror. So they show everything that humanity needs to see all this stuff, even like everything, everything we try to avoid. They're the ones that are basically like standing there being like, here's the thing you need to see. Here's the thing you need to face. They, they're they not guiding. They're, they're literally just, oh, if you hate me, it's because you hate yourself. And this is why. Um, and the worst part about it is they have to wait 28 days to make a decision. <laughs> They yeah. literally have to go through a 28-day 28 28 cycle before they can make a true, concrete, proper decision. If they try to do it before, sometimes it may work out. Most times it won't. Yep. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It occurred to me when you mentioned Elon Musk that he also might be a manifesting generator because yeah. he could have a combination. I feel like yeah, the manifesting generator is, like, the bossest type in terms yeah. of like this world and like the They're, world that we live in right now because yeah. you can literally just like come up with stuff and have the idea and then you have the energy to actually to make do it happen it. the mm-hmm. manifester doesn't really have like a reserve of energy they still have to use the energy of other people yeah a manifester would done. be a manifester would more so be like the people in the think tanks Mm-hmm. like think tank people who sit there and come up with all these ideas and then the people who are running the think tanks take the ideas and go do them yeah. that's more so manifester but like people like elon musk bill gates steve jobs those are manifesting generators right they had an idea created the idea and then made the idea happen yeah yeah you I gotta look at that, like yeah. how, how, how their energy works for sure yeah. so let's talk a little bit about how our human design works and like shows up in our lives like what is it like being a projector? So, yeah. So f- for me, my personal human design is um, a projector. I'm a, specifically an environmental projector. Um, so basically, as a projector, my whole role, right, is to help guide others. The way I look at it is I'm supposed to, I have a toolbox. I have this intuitive wisdom that comes from source and then i have a toolbox of all these different systems like astrology tarot runes human design whatever it may be and then there's certain systems within my toolbox that i've like i master 
And then other systems, I just have enough working knowledge of that when people come to me, I can pull whatever I need to out of my toolbox and be like, okay, this is going to help you. This is going to help you. This is going to help you. These are the things you need to do. And then people take it and they go and do it. That's as long as they recognize me. What it means to be an environmental projector, however, and I have a love-hate relationship with this, is um, so your authority, which is like your, so it's like your inner guidance system. It's the system that tells you how to make decisions, what's true for you, what's good for you, what's not good for you, all of those things. And everyone has their own personal inner authority and it comes from a defined center in your body. My inner authority technically comes from my mind, but because the mind is not a reliable authority, I have no inner authority. So like I have nothing inside of myself that I can a thousand percent trust and count on to be like, yes, that's the decision you have, you, you should make. I have to take it from my environment. So what that means is if I'm in an environment and I'm thriving, I'm prospering, things are going well, I'm feeling at peace, I'm feeling calm, I'm feeling happy, like just life is going well and I'm mm -hmm. growing, then that's the right environment for me. Yeah. If I'm in an environment and I'm constantly upset, stressed, things are falling apart, I can't make things happen, you know, my house is a mess, my life is a mess. That's the wrong environment. My environment is telling me, no, this is not where you're supposed to be. Also, the other way that I am able to make decisions and choices and know what's right for me is by hearing my own voice. So when I hear myself talk about things that I want to do or I'm looking at, that's when I start, I'm able to hear what the truth is. And it's especially helpful if I can like basically bounce it off another person. So if I start talking to another person and instead of them giving me advice, they just ask me probing questions, I'm able to come to what my truth is about things. That's really challenging because you don't always have another person to bounce stuff off of. Yeah. And it's been a big adjustment for me to have to learn to speak things out loud before I commit or decide because I've always done it in my head because that's just what we do, right? Like as people, we're just, you know, we work things out. So I've really had to be intentional about speaking them vocally because whenever I make a decision in my head, it doesn't end up the way I want it to. And a lot of times it goes wrong. When yeah. I speak that decision out loud, then I'm like, oh, no, that does not sound good. <laughs> Never mind. Let's. Um, and also, I've really had to learn to listen to my environment because that was not something I ever did or even understood what that looked like. And so, like, a lot of times my environment would literally be screaming at me, get out, get out, get out. What are you doing? No, this is not where you're supposed to be. And I just like was not hearing it because like I didn't know what it meant to listen to my environment until I started to see like, okay, so like when I made this decision, say, so recently I made the decision to quit my job, um, which especially during COVID times to a lot of people, they're like, you had a job and you quit it. Are you insane? But like the environment of that workplace, as much as I, I love the place and the people there were amazing, was not conducive to me. And so I was constantly having panic attacks. I was going through massive bouts of insomnia. I was going through massive bouts of mania. I, my house was a disaster because I didn't have the energy to come home because again, also projector, I have no energy reserve. So I didn't have the energy to come home and clean it up. I started to eat like trash. I was unhappy all the time because my energy 
resources were so depleted, I had nothing left. And that just set me on this like hamster wheel of like never being able to do or accomplish the things I want to because I don't have the energy to do it and just being miserable. Mm -hmm. And at first I didn't understand that. And then as I started to learn more, I was like, oh, yeah, my environment is basically like losing its mind trying to tell me, like, stop this. And I'm not listening. So, yeah. 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 You were getting a lot of signals. Yep. (laughs) Like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. Um, You know, and I think our culture tends to say, like, don't give up when things are hard because persistence pays off. And so we're kind of programmed to, like, not listen to the external signals and clues that we're getting. Well, and there are definitely times where that is the case. Like the timing in which I chose to quit this job was the right timing. Like I Mm -hmm. know that for a fact Um, because there were certain lessons that I needed to learn and I was learning them from that environment. And one of them was how to listen to my environment. Right. So that I, Mm -hmm. like I, I left this job at the right time. I know I did. And I think if I had left it earlier, it wouldn't have necessarily been bad, but I would have had to go through another really, a a few more really uncomfortable and awful (laughs) lessons (laughs) to really cement. And I would rather have learned the lessons the way I learned them than have to go through other challenges. So it was like, it was the right choice. Yeah, but, for sure. um, it's just about the, the, that's where it becomes like a twofold thing, right? It's like, okay, so the environment is telling me get out, but like, what is the timing of that get out? Like, so now I have to tune in again to figure out because the environment will tell you when it's time mm-hmm. to go. That's the other thing. Yeah, They'll tell and you also when you're talking it out and you're, mm-hmm. you're like talking it out with someone or even yourself, like you are mm-hmm. coming to that truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, by talking. That's yeah. really, I really like, I think that understanding the types and how they work, this is why mm-hmm. I started watching YouTube videos because I needed to hear people talk about how they work with their authority and what it looks like in their life because just reading about it, it's not as clear. It's like, what do you mean by mm-hmm. this authority? Like, how does that work? And so hearing the example of like, oh, this is what I do and this is what it looks like is really helpful, I think, for each Mm -hmm, type. Yeah. Um, Did you have anything else you wanted to share about your... No, that was it. Okay. So I'm a splenic projector, which means that my authority comes from my spleen. And that is a place, um, it's actually... Would it be considered the oldest authority or the most ancient? no, No, it's the oldest authority and it's based off fear. Yeah, so it's our, like, instinct to survive, Mm -hmm. basically, like, the primal um, sense. And what that means is that I get these – I don't like to call them intuitive anymore because intuition has a slightly different meaning to me now. But I get these – And the intuitive center, like, realistically, the intuitive center in human design is in um, the sacral. So Mm – Yeah. So I have this instinctive response Mm -hmm. in the moment. It's in the now before my brain even can respond in any type of way. And it's a feeling and it's usually, yeah, it can manifest as a feeling of like anxiety or um, being startled or like, yeah, it's, it's like this instinctive response. And 
my truth is in the now. And I think for me, the most frustrating thing about being a splenic projector is not knowing if I've missed the message or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because when you get that instinctive response in the body is where you you feel it in the body. So first of all, I have to be like super aware of my body all the time. Mm-hmm. I have to be super present and super in the now so that I can recognize what what is my body saying to me. Um, so that took me a long time to figure out and I am still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, following the the instructions of like deconditioning has been probably the best thing for me is like, you know, sleeping separately from people, like just sleeping in my own energy and really working on listening to my body and being present because yeah, being a, being a splenic projector is, you know, not only do I have to wait for the invitation, but have to be like really in tune because when that invitation comes and I have had I've recognized like many invitations that I've had in my life of people inviting me to do things. And a lot of times I'll say yes out of obligation or like a sense of, um, well, what if I don't get another invitation? You know, usually it's like in the form of a job offer or like a Mm -hmm. friend asking for help or something like that. And from a rational perspective, I might think, oh, this is a really great opportunity. Like I'm going to get paid all this money and like, it's going to be great. And it, <laughs> when I'm, when I do that, I'm going into my head, I'm going into the rational. Right. And mm-hmm. even, I think one of the pitfalls of splenic projectors is going into the feelings, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not a feeling in the sense <laughs> of an emotion. Like the spleen doesn't speak through feelings or emotions. It's very cold. It's very, um, yeah, it's, it's a very distinct kind of thing. And just like observing animals has helped me too. Like looking at deer and squirrels and just how, and the birds and how they respond to their environment. It's just immediate. There's no thinking about it. They're just, they just do it. They, they just go right into their. Well, I would say the other challenge for you is you don't get it again. So it's going to give you the message, but it's not going to give it to you another time. Like at least with me, my environment will continue to tell me, right? Like yeah. my environment will continue to be like, hey, hey. But for you, it's like, boop. Did you get it? No. Nope. Oh, well. Yeah, which is why it's so important to be present. Because sometimes I'll, like when I get this question, when somebody asks me to do something or, you know, I'm thinking, I'm like, what? Wait, let me go back. Let me try to remember mm-hmm. what was my response in that moment. And I'm not going to be able to remember that. Like, uh-uh. and then I start, you know, waffling around like, what am I, what am I doing? Um, so I've had to give myself a lot of like, I don't know, a lot of grace and just like, uh-huh. okay, it's okay. I'm learning. I'm learning my authority. It's an experiment. Like the whole point of human design is to be an experiment of like, yep. how can we experience life um, more fully, well, you know? And I think the blessing of knowing what your type is and your authority is like you can the people that are close to you the people that are around you you can say to them like hey I'm a splenic projector so like if you're gonna ask me to do something I need you to first be like hey do you have space for a conversation right now there's something I want to ask you to do because then it gives you time to get into your body get present so that you can Mm -hmm. 
answer, you know, like you can actually hear it. And like with me, right. I'm uh, because of the way my authority works. I'm like, I, I'm like, you know, you know, with me, if you want to have an in-depth conversation about something, you have to schedule it and it has to be verbal. Like I struggled to do that over text. Um, And you know that like, I can't give you an answer right away. Like yeah. I need time to to go through my process before mm-hmm. I can give you an accurate answer. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's very it's very important. And the, the spleen is a very subtle energy. I think most of us are not used to being in touch with our instincts because we don't have to live like that anymore. Like we don't Mm-mm. live that connected to um, the earth and the the way that the animals live. Like we're so disconnected from that it feels kind of foreign in a way. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm enjoying learning it. I think if I had to choose, this is one of the better authorities in terms of what I can imagine. Like, I definitely think the emotional authority is a pain and I would not want to have that one. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, the emotional authority, you kind of have to ride the waves of the feelings of like, oh, I love this. This is great. And then like, oh my God, I hate this. This is awful. And you have to ride those waves until you get that clarity. And it can happen faster. It can happen over months. And people with an emotional authority live their lives much more slowly. And that's something that I've noticed about myself is like a month will go by and like a whole bunch of stuff has happened. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I don't feel like that much time has passed, but like a bunch of stuff has changed in my life because it's so quick. Everything is because I'm in the now. Uh I'm just like, oh, yeah, like I do this. I feel like doing that. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, everything's just happening all the time. But people with emotional authority, you're going to notice that their lives unfold a little more slowly because they have to like really. I mean, they are here. They're here to like really feel into life and to like savor life, Uh which is a whole different feeling than the splenic like my my truth is in the now. And same for generators. Their truth is in the now. And they're like, they have that sacral response immediately. It comes uh-huh. up. And I think if I had to choose, that would be the one that I would choose because it's like very clear and very immediate. It's clearer than the splenic one, uh-huh. in my opinion. But I don't know. We could ask some sacral people like, hey, how clear is that to you? Um, There's a lot of extenuating factors with that, though. Like, we would have to ask sacral people that are woke and understand what it means to listen to their sacral, right? Because. Yes. If you, do, that, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We'd have to find someone who's been working with their authority and, like, find uh-huh. out, hey, how has this worked out for you? Um, okay. Yeah, I'm really excited to dive into this more. We've We've kind of given everybody a overview like a very general overview of like what human design is and we're definitely going to be talking about it more in the future so thanks for joining us and let us know if you have any questions yeah thanks everybody um and make sure you check out our youtube channel and um midnight gospel if you haven't watched it yet it's on netflix it is awesome y'all have a good weekend and we'll see you next time Yep. Bye. Bye.